When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The pitch, Gorman swings, hits it hard on one hop. Off the glove of the second baseman, Luisa Rise into right center. Two runs are going to score, and Arnado makes third. Edmund and Yepes cross on the hit by Gorman. 2 nothing Cardinals. That was scorched. Sometimes that second baseman picks it, sometimes he does not. If he comes up with it, it's a double play, and the inning's over, but... Uh... Here's a swing, and there's a ball hit high in the air. That's into center field, back to the wall, and it is gone! A home run by Jordan Walker. Walker with a three-run homer, his first hit in a spring game for the Cardinals. And he gets to jog around the bases, congratulated by Pop Warner at third base. And he crosses home plate to the delight of the Cardinal fans here at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. A bullet to left. That makes it six to nothing. Soler will pick that up at the base of the wall. Two doubles in the inning for the Cardinals. It's exactly what you wanted to see from Tyler O'Neill in that spot. He battled. He got a couple of pitches early on that he just wasn't able to handle. But this one ends up being a slider. Catches way more of the plate. Backs up a little bit there from Yuri Perez. Our first look at Yuri Perez this spring, this afternoon. There's the 0-2 pitch to Alec Burleson. He swings and misses strike three. 91 mile an hour off speed pitch. Are we good? We're good, Grant. Okay, my, I opened up my computer and my AirPods connected to that on accident. So um, we'll go ahead and start. We got only one thing, one thing on the agenda today. That is the Marlins are back. Uh, whether you feel good about that or not, you should feel good about that. But we're two games in now to spring training, although not the greatest of starts from some aspects, but there's, there's still some positives. So welcome in. Um, the Marlins just finished up their game a little while ago because, well, games are going pretty fast now. It was a two-hour, 26-minute game, I think, according to uh, those at the ballpark today. So really, really fast game. Uh, and a game that really includes too much excitement. I saw some good stuff from Yuri Perez, but starters played today. But defensively, not a lot of great stuff to see. Offensively, some hard hit balls. Saw some promising stuff from some guys, but of course, the big topic of discussion today is the defense. So, still not a big sample size. We'll we'll just start with an open discussion. You know, what are some of the initial thoughts from these first two games? Well, you touched on it. The defense uh, in both games at times early on in this one. And it was more towards the middle of the previous game as well. Just and at the particular positions that you were worried about, right? With both jazz and center, 
Luis Arise at second base. I think even Segura had a questionable play early on in the previous game. Our boy Troy Johnston had a couple forgettable moments late in that game defensively. Just a wide variety of players making everything from you know the obvious mistakes to some of the smaller things that add up in a particular way. It's spring training. It's two games into it. You don't read that much into it. Unfortunately, when you see the contrast today with the Cardinals in particular, in the first game, I think the Mets kind of matched the Marlins in terms of some really unusual, um, poor defense. But in today's game, it was the difference between these teams was a lot more obvious. So um, as much as people are happy to have spring back, uh, more good vibes and bad vibes. The fact that you're able to watch this team and see all the new players, see potential changes that returning guys have made. Um, the performance has been pretty yucky. And this is for a Marlins team that over the last handful of years, they've consistently been really good in spring trading. It is unu- It is a shock to the system to see a Marlins team that's actually not performing well out of the gate because it's been the other way around uh, the previous few years. It's been rough. It's been rough. I mean, yesterday, Marlins just produced three hits. Today, six. I guess there's improvement on that. Uh, yesterday, the pitching looked all right. It was nothing out of the ordinary. Braxton pitched all right. Dan Castano, I guess, had the best outing out of all the pitchers. Chicho Gonzalez didn't look good. Um, Chargois didn't look good. There's not much more to say. I mean, it's very, very early, as Eli mentioned. Um, I guess the best performer so far has been Peyton Burdick. He had a good game yesterday. I mean, he had an RBI today, I believe. So that's, I guess, the best we could recap. Defense hasn't looked good. I didn't watch today's game, unfortunately, but um, Yuri looked good. That's what I heard. So um, I know Noah was there. If Noah wants, oh, I believe Noah's driving. He can't. But um, yeah, not much more to say. It was just rough to watch out there. I guess most of the damage was done through Cueto, who um, just wasn't good. So it's still very early, still a lot of time left to to look and see what this team could do. And, um, and these guys are kind of rusty in game action. So keep in mind, it was fully reported on just last week, um, Tuesday. So, you know, this is their first game altogether, playing for the first time. Yeah, luckily these games don't count for a reason. Still some discouraging stuff to see, but you bring up Cueto, and I kind of been saying this over and over again through the offseason that with the defensive changes this season, guys like Cueto, guys like Alcantara, guys like Edward Cabrera, I'm a little worried for them this year in terms of their production because of the middle infield. And you can even talk about the corners too. I mean, Segura in third's obviously not ideal. You have a typical second baseman playing third base. You've got typical first baseman playing second base. It's and then nothing. Joey, none Joey of this Wendell, is ideal, Grant. None of this yeah. is ideal. This nah, is not. I mean, I guess Wendell on a good day can play shortstop. I mean, any of these guys on a good day can play their positions, but on any given day, it's not something you really want. And it's you're. It kind of reminds me of what the Phillies have wanted to do, but the only problem is the Phillies have a lot more hard hitters, and they got lucky and got hot at the right time last year. But the year before that, they were abysmal. So I don't know how I really like that strategy. And this is the first time we've kind of seen it go into play. Like, I've kind of been thinking about it over and over the last week or so, knowing that the Marlins are coming back. Like, what? How bad is this defense actually going to be if it doesn't turn out well? 
who could surprise me, all that. And I did watch today for a little bit, and just not ideal, not ideal in, in any aspect. But then again, it is early. It is early. Some of these guys will be going to play in the World Baseball Classic, go play some valuable innings there. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll hope for the best. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm – just a touch worried for guys like Cueto and Alcantara in terms of their output this season. They're still excellent pitchers. I, I believe in both those guys. But um, it's just a little bit not encouraging, so to speak. There's one name I've seen show up in the box score that's and from both games I didn't really expect to get featured as much. It, maybe you could talk about him cracking the roster at some point early on in the season just because there's not a lot of depth in the position. Is Joe Rizzo. Joe Rizzo had – did he have a run yesterday, right? I'm looking at he, had, he had an RBI. He had an yeah, RBI and a hit. Yeah, RBI and, and a hit. He got in the game today. I turned it off after about fourth inning today, so I didn't, I didn't get to see him come in. But, you know, we talked about first base depth, and Kim got asked about first base depth um, a couple times throughout the offseason. One of the times it stood out was she said – well, Nick Fortes could play that spot where Miguel Rojas then proceeded to trade Miguel Rojas six hours later. So it, it, there, there is a question there at first base, especially knowing Garrett Cooper's injury history. Is Joe Rizzo someone we can see this season? Maybe even before a guy like Carrar and Canacion or maybe Troy Johnson? I mean, maybe. He, he, had, he was great last year, by the way, in double A. He has not played triple A yet. According to fan graphs, so I mean, two seventy seven, three point three, four sixty seven with an eight ten OPS. The guy hit twenty one homers. Uh, it's encouraging stuff. He had an RBI yesterday. Had another hit after that. Then was taken out in place of Troy Johnston today. He got a, a walk. So I mean, he's gone off to a good start. I would like to see him in AAA. Um, but I mean, when you're playing like this at the most difficult level in minor league baseball. I think you feel pretty good about where your player, not player, is at. Um, maybe we, maybe we've seen crack the, at some point, crack the roster. I mean, with Garrett Cooper uh, as the only first baseman, I mean, they're going to need to have another first baseman on the roster eventually, and I think that'll have to be either Rizzo or, or Johnston. Um, so. Yeah, there's not much more to say about him. I mean, we just have to see how spring unfolds. Troy Johnson has not looked good so far. Eli mentioned it defensively yesterday. I think it was I think it was a ball that went right through his legs and then um just struck out on the was the last batter, struck out there and struck out twice yesterday against the Mets. So didn't go look good there. Um did we did Cooper play? He did play today. All right. So he had that one really hard hit ball. It was like hundred five miles per hour, I think. Yeah, so first base is very thin. Um, speaking of first base, Gerard had a hit today, so shout out to him. He had a hit and he had a walk, so he's looked all right so far in this game, at least today. And very, very early still to tell, so we'll see. I mean, a lot to still think and a lot still that old fold. And I mean, a lot of these guys are going to get chances, especially with players going away for the World Baseball Classic with a rise and. Um, Segura, we'll see if those guys stick to those positions that they're currently playing. Most likely not. Arise will probably play first. And Segura, I do not know where he will play. Probably second. So kind of sucks on that end that they're going to the WBC. This is why some people aren't very 
adamant about players going over the play there just because, you know, first of all, they're, the old rules are going back in place. So there's still, there's no shift. The, there's no pitch clock. There's no bigger bases. And it, it kind of sucks. And maybe that's a discussion for another day, but, um, you know, just kind of recapping this game and what we saw today. Not good. Yeah, that's a good point or, that you did brought yeah. up for anybody that wasn't aware. The WBC is not directly connected with Major League Baseball on these rule changes. So it's all the old rules being used in the WBC for the players participating in that. That's a, it's an interesting wrinkle, not just for the guys you mentioned, but even for somebody like Sandy, where his one weakness last year was containing the running game. And now there are some changes that make that even more difficult in the majors this year. And he'll be making maybe two, possibly even three WB starts, WBC starts instead of normal spring training starts where he'll just, he has less opportunity to really get acclimated to these changes in those rules and being able to address that one aspect of his game. Yeah. If you're a diehard fan of a major league team, it's hard to reconcile that with also being, a diehard fan of the WBC because it does make it, it complicates the preparation those players are putting in for the regular season. But we still have a couple weeks before that comes into play. Uh, I was looking ahead a little bit, not too worried about it at that, at this particular moment, but I, I think we should just touch on something that um, I think has been relatively popular at this point is the impact of the pitch clock coming in and how that has sped up these games, sped up the pace of these games. There were no violations in the first game the Marlins played. And then today there were three, if I have that correct, three Marlins pitchers in three separate innings had a unique one where it wasn't during the inning. It was right at the start of the inning, just a misinterpretation of the rule. Uh, And aside from that, um, I'd be curious to hear what do you guys think about that. We've seen this coming for a while. It's been in effect in the minors in a similar version. Um, what are your impressions of it so far? Yeah, I mean, with with time of game, it's great. I mean, we saw it today. What was it? Two hours and two twenty six. I think two twenty six, two twenty seven. I mean, I'm great. It was amazing. Um, now for for pitchers, it, it may suck, especially with pitchers that take a long time to get ready. I mean. We saw yours familiar last year. I think he took a sweet time with a lot to get ready. I know there. I'm. I may have to. I'll pull this up soon. But you know, usually Marlins pitchers didn't have an issue quickly getting ready. I think the slowest now would have been Johnny Cueto, but um, Sandy very efficient. Usually through his games, he was one of the quicker pitchers to work through innings, and we saw it last year especially. But Eli, who were the pitchers that did the, had the violation? Yuri had one in the fourth inning, and then after him, it was Emmanuel de Jesus, and then it was Will Stewart. And I got to be honest, I was not watching the game when Will Stewart was in it, so that's why Noah had to correct me (laughs) and inform me that Will Stewart had one as well. So apparently three, and I think they were all under the exact same circumstances where it was coming back from a commercial break, and they didn't quite understand where they had to be in order to be compliant with the rules. So it was a misunderstanding. It wasn't about being slow or being rushed. It was just a misunderstanding. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just adjusting to get. This um, is why we do this during spring training. So that exactly. But the thing is that Yuri, so there's, was there pitch clock in double A or was it only triple A? 
Eli. This past season, I believe it was in effect at all full season minor league levels. They had the pitch clock. So. Now, the length of it was slightly different than in the majors, but they've all played under it. Yeah, at least this past year. I need to double check whether it was in effect even the year before, but definitely this past year in 2022, all these players, um, so many players have experienced using it. And uh, that's kind of why it seems fans, uh, there's more negativity from fans than of players. I mean, the fans that, a lot of them that don't watch full-length minor league games, anything but the highlights, they're the ones that's kind of a shock to the system. But especially during spring at this point where it's a lot of backups getting involved, like most of the players involved in these games are already very used to it. Exactly. So, I mean, in a way, it's like, you know, no excuse, but it's still an adjustment for someone like Stallings. I believe he was catching Yuri. He was in there when when that happened. So, I guess that's an adjustment for him and some other guys. But I mean, it didn't really, help that they had Angel Hernandez today. It seems that he's having a, a tough time adjusting as well. So, Stallings got pretty upset with, with him. Yeah, exactly. So, it's just an adjustment. We'll see what happens. And, um, you know, you, we'll, we'll see soon once um, more of the full team, the, the team will see opening day, kind of incorporates itself, hopefully. This game, you know, there won't be any violations, which we didn't see yesterday. And I believe yesterday it was just all guys who didn't really go through the rule change last year. It was a lot of major league guys. So the fact that, that they didn't have to, they didn't struggle to um, have rule violations is actually pretty impressive. Uh, there was yesterday, John Birdie started. Brian De La Cruz started, Nick Fortes started, Jesus Sanchez started. The, those guys were at the majors for the majority of the season. And then looking at the bullpen, you had Chargois, Garrett, uh, Castano, and Nardi, who, well, Mar- Nardi spent most of his time in AAA last year, but, you know, yeah, he, he also spent time in the major leagues. But it, it's impressive that those guys, you know, so maybe I'm, I'm maybe it's the, maybe the Marlins now have the most violations. So far in spring training, but I don't think anything yeah. will be worse than what, what game was that yesterday where the game ended on an automated strike? Oh, that was Braves Red Sox. Was it? Yeah, yeah I, I, I knew I knew really it was Braves bad. and someone. Yeah, that that's pretty anticlimactic. I saw someone suggesting that they should get rid of it in the ninth inning, but that doesn't seem fair. If it's in effect in the first inning, why shouldn't it be in effect in every inning? Yeah, I agree. And some people say for the hitter, it's kind of it really sucks because they won't be able to take their time. To prepare. I mean, you saw yesterday. I don't know if you were watching the broadcast, but Pete Alonso had to run to the dugout so he could prepare himself for the at bat. So it, it, it's it's crazy how you know how this rule really takes into effect, not only for a pitcher but for a hitter. From a broadcaster perspective, and I know we we got uh, a Kylan here. So I mean, and me broadcasting baseball. I think is it coming to college this year? Because I, I will be calling some some games of high school. I think. No, I don't know it's if it's not in college. It's not college. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Uh, is pitch clock or not? It is? It is in D1? Yes, pitch clock is in college. They're doing it. Games are shorter. Um, they're already pushing it in the SEC. They've had some couple violations there. But, yeah, they're doing it. Everything everything like that MLB, they're doing it as well in college. How did I not notice? So, yeah. So, that, that being said, my, my point with that is that that changes a lot about a broadcast in terms of preparation. Less than dead time. You kind of just have to have your eyes glued to the game at all times and you know there's been a lot of great storytellers in the past so that's kind of what makes a great baseball broadcaster but it, you're have to see a lot of guys just like have their eyes on the game now and just be attached to it like even first game i watched with the pitch clock was that that rangers game on friday 
And like that that first inning, I like I had to catch my breath when I went to commercial break. It's like, wow, this was fast. I'm sure all baseball fans are gonna have to take a chance to uh to, to adjust to it, but it's fast and it's gonna affect literally everyone within the game. Um, whether it be broadcasting, whether you're you're in the press box typing, whether you're on the field managing, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's gonna affect everyone in baseball. Oh, you know who it affects that maybe most of you don't realize this because you're primarily in Florida where it's not allowed, but it really affects betters and in-game betting for baseball where oh, it's yeah. still allowed and it currently is allowed that even in between pitches during live games with major sports books, you can place bets. Um, it could be micro bets about what's going to happen in that at bat, but also about the game itself. And if the time between those pitches is a lot shorter, then it's more difficult to actually place those bets. It used to be that there was just enough time in between that you, you'd be able to place those kind of without any difficulty now. But now, base is empty. That's a maximum of like 15 seconds in between pitches. Um, the time it takes to make a decision and to push a button and for that button to process before something different happens in the game, that difference has gone away. Uh, I, I assure you 100% that this is something that Major League Baseball had in mind when they were making this change, that they wanted to set the time at the precise number where they felt people could still do this and throw away their money this way, but yet it would speed it up in such a way that obviously the game improves. And I think that's why they landed on this precise amount of time, which is a little bit longer than in the minor leagues. Um, that, so that's one angle that I, I imagine most of you uh, are less familiar with because of your state's regulations and uh, what's available to be used during games, especially on that, that that is a factor. And that's something that at least I noticed is different from last year to this year, where it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. It's a difference. And that's a big indirectly. That is a huge revenue stream for major league baseball this year. And especially will be in the coming years. Once this is even more widely legalized. That was a very good point. If there's any out-of-state Marlins fans in here, we're going to get to the fan part here pretty soon. We want to hear from you from that aspect. Um, hopefully, Florida gets get the, the betting soon for, for your guys' sake. Before we continue, I want to mention a pitcher who looked pretty good. I mean, Sean Reynolds, good start to his spring. I mean, he, this guy hit 98 today on um, on a sinker and a four-seamer. So, shout-out to him. I know he pitched a ninth, looked pretty good, so... What are the only three pitchers in the Marlins today that the pitch clean game? Him, Will Stewart, and De Jesus. Who De Jesus? Shout out to him as well. He was added to the thirty man roster for Venezuela, so he will be pitching in the World Baseball Classic. He is not a taxi player, so um, we'll see if if he still makes. So that's that's a, actually that's a good question, Eli. I want to ask you. So someone in the case of De Jesus, where. He's a non-roster invitee, and he's going to the World Baseball Classic. How much do you think that affects the possibility that he may crack the opening day roster? Because you assume, you know, every guy has a chance. But do you think his kind of diminishes now that he's going to the WBC? Uh, I'll disagree with you right there. I, I don't assume that everybody has a chance just because they're in Major League camp. I, well, I had a really I hard time it. seeing any circumstance where he would fit on this roster on opening day when you have a bunch of kind of players in that same bucket where they could be those long reliever swingman types like Daniel Castano, like um, Devin Smeltzer. I think both of those guys, just to name two, I feel like those two guys are ahead of 
De Jesus on the depth chart anyway. So yeah, I, I just think realistically he wasn't going to be a candidate for that anyway. The Marlins let him do it because um, Venezuela is one of the teams that are playing in their pool play in Miami, where he spends the whole tournament in South Florida anyway. And those are the players that the Marlins agreed to let participate uh, this year. So I, I I think it does actually make a slight difference for, for players that are actually in those roster battles. It, I think it does negatively affect their chances a little bit. In his case, I think the plan all along has been he's going to begin this year at AAA Jacksonville and come up when they need a spot start or they need a fresh arm in their bullpen. So I, I think he was weighing those factors, but just being realistic where um, this is potentially a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for him to compete with that team. And, yeah, uh, I, yeah I don't think his chances were – um, he, he re- I don't think he really had a realistic path to opening day anyway. So I think it's a win-win for him. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like a lot of major league teams have, have a, like, a really good idea of what their roster is going to look like at any toss-up. So they'll probably just have like a, a, a name slash name. Like, for example, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but like Brian Daly for you slash Jesus Sanchez. Okay, we'll, I will keep an eye on this battle. There, there's battles we'll keep an eye on, but it's not like – they're just going to look at spring training and be like, oh, Sandy Alcantara pitched like shit during the spring. He's not making the roster. That's, that's not what's going to happen. No, I mean, we today we saw as close as it'll get to opening day. I mean, besides maybe Gerard, who was in there, we'll probably see maybe Sanchi or, or DLC as DH or vice versa. We see them in the outfield and Solar as DH. We, we basically saw what the team will basically look like on, on opening yeah, day. I, I, think, I feel like you saw probably eight for nine position-wise what it's going to look um, like. I think the, the order of the lineup could still maybe look a little bit different. Have we me- mentioned the the defense that we saw today? Even though it's the first game? Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, that, 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 that is yeah. the biggest discussion within all, all right. of Carlin's lore right now. I, I was look, I'm looking at the plays again just because I didn't watch the game, and the Arrives, that was, the Arrives play was a 101 hit. It was hit off of the exit yeah. was 101 miles per hour. So, Jesus. But, but for me, the the guy who, who made, I don't want to say errors, but kind of maybe thinking too much, maybe moving too much was Gene Segura, especially in, the, in those first couple of innings. I don't know. He was holding on to the ball too long. He was pump faking. I, I, I don't know. I kind of saw that a bit from him early on there at third base. Yeah. There was even one play. I don't know if people notice this, the double to left field that there was one to Solaire where he just took it really casually and he got there in time, but he wasn't even looking at second base where the play was developing. And it was even, even ones like that really get under your skin that um, he was just unattentive to what was going on. Um, aside from the ones where, you know, mistakes were made. That was one that wants to be DH so badly. <laughs> Yeah, that was an interesting. Surpri- it was an interesting surprise to see him in the field uh, this year. Oh, well, in this very first game, we we knew that he'd play some outfield this year, um, but that DH was supposed to be his, his primary position moving forward. So that was surprising to me a little bit that they had him play the field while Gerard was the DH. I'll propose potentially a rhetorical question here: Who do you guys think is the overall best defensive player at their? Current position that they they could play opening day on the roster. <laughs> that, that's you, currently playing. Uh, I, I guess who, who you would think is gonna like have the position. So I'll, I'll I'll lay it out here. So like Stallings catcher, Cooper first base, Arise huh? second base, Wendell yeah. shortstop, um, 
Segura third base. Adam I guess. Field, I'll go with Wendell. Wendell. Think Wendell. Yeah. Wendell. I, I don't know if I'm saying a lot. I was between Wendell and and Stallings. That, that's that's kind of sad, but yeah. that's I think it's. You not even say Avi Does the pitcher count for defense? The, I mean, counts the pitcher. Sure, <laughs> but it's it's Sandy in this situation. Well, what would the opening day roster would look like? Avi oh, Garcia is like the one guy playing his natural position because you can't move Stallings. Okay, so. I mean. He, Still, Avi's not like all that mobile though. So like, I, I, I mean, hey, last he, he year slimmed down. He's he did slim down. Slim. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm thinking about last year. That's my fault, but yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Either way, there's not. Yeah, there I would really just go isn't an elite down. defensive player on this roster. That had, yeah, it's kind of sad. Much, in terms of starting lineup, say. at least. Not much to say. Not much to say there. Over yeah. under point five guys nominated for Gold Glove for the Marlins this season. Hammer the other. It was it was only Miguel Rojas for the last few seasons, and he's yeah. gone. So I, I am going zero unless somehow a pitcher makes it. And I don't even know what pitchers would make it. Maybe Cueto. I don't know. A pitcher. Mm-hmm. They they have Gold Glove pitcher. Yeah, I, do. I don't I don't know any Marlins pitchers that would get it. Did Josh Simpson get a single strikeout today? Eli? No, it doesn't look like it. No. Yeah, no, but, I have pulled up right no, now. He yeah, he did. Three, he did. He did. No, 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 he didn't. Jeez. No, no he, he didn't. Did. Three hits, two runs, only one of them was earned, and then he gave him a walk and an ending a play. ERA sits at nine. I, I want to say, while watching the game, Jordan Walker is going to be insane in the majors. I know it's Marlins and everything, but man, he really he's the person to me that stood out from both teams today. Yeah. For anybody that wasn't watching, he's the one that hit the home run off of Cueto. Yeah. He had an infield hit against, I guess that was against Segura, the one where Segura was too slow, and he beat it uh-huh. out for an infield hit. This is a guy that is massive, like 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, and he um, he's one of the consensus best prospects in baseball. He is on the hitting side what Yeri Perez is on the pitching side. He's, he's all, all that. That's what he's hyped up to be, and um, it was it's that's one of the things that you like about spring training is getting the very first look at these guys in case you weren't already watching them in the minors. Yeah. He was impressive. I agree. I love seeing the matchups too, between like established guys and these prospects. Like Jesus Christ. Some of these, um, some of these um, Cardinals guys, like seeing him go up against uh, what's his face, Tyler O'Neill. Like that was a cool dynamic. He didn't face Aronado. Tyler O'Neill took Yuri to, to class. He did, but it was so cool seeing them face each other. And as as a um, as um, oh my God, why can I not talk? Spring training goes on. You'll see more of those matchups. Like, um, you you can think of anyone in Grapefruit League. I'm not going to go too far into it. What we are going to go into here, though, is uh, the fan part. We talked for half an hour now, exactly amongst us. But the main reason why we do these is so we can talk to you guys. So. Let me make a little pitch here real quick. So some of the, the usual listeners are, are very familiar with this. Become a super follower. Become a subscriber to Fish Stripes. All right? It's $3 a month. It's the lowest price we can make it. And you get all access to everything Fish Stripes. You get exclusive articles, um, access to the database. We have series predictions coming back very, very soon once uh, the regular season starts. Um, Daniel just got um, – what's it called? He just got a shirt for winning the my, season series prize. Yes, the secret prize. He got a, a, a Asadio t-shirt for Duga. Um, 
Yeah, you can compete in that. You can compete in fantasy sports with us. Romeo won our um, won our fantasy football league this past year. Um, so that uh, congrats to him still on that. What a football season that was. And we have fantasy baseball coming up soon, too. We don't know how that's going to look, but uh, – I think we'll, by we'll tomorrow – Grant, by tomorrow, I should finally have – uh, the fantasy baseball stuff sorted out. We're doing it exclusively for our super subscribers. They're the ones that are going to be in the league with us. We're going to have a really exciting grand prize to that at the end of the fantasy season. So I, uh, I encourage people to sign up because it's um, yeah. That that was a time. That was a time. Heard it here first tomorrow. This, is when this we get prize it set is up. huge. This is an awesome prize. I think it, it, it's worth ten times, maybe twenty times what. You're, you will pay them up. And the last thing I want to say is that we are simulcasting this on YouTube. This is the best solution I figured out for being able to grab the recording the way I like it and then put it up once again on our podcast feed and distributing it to as many platforms as possible. So this is on YouTube. We have a few people that are actually watching on YouTube. They can see right now that all you do, you go to our Twitter profile and there's that pinkish magenta button that says subscribe. You just click subscribe and that's how you can join us and uh, get all of these perks. So the main reason why I pitched this during these is because if you are a super follower, you will get first priority to talk. Anybody can talk and ask us questions in these, but if you are a super follower, I will let you in off rip. So I will let Romeo in. Is Devin a super follower? I feel like he is. Devin? I believe so. I, I think Devin's a super follower. Either way, I'm a lot of men. But yes, if you become a super follower, uh, you get to speak to us, and look, they said there's a big prize. I don't know what it is yet, even myself, but I, I know these guys go all out for, for fantasy leagues for for their prizes. Last baseball season was something I didn't join in time. I joined the Stripes in, like, July, so I didn't – I caught it. I caught football, though. And you see Mr. Daniel has his shirt there from just a series predictions. You get to make predictions, too, for every single live stream um, that we do once the season comes up. And we're a month away. We are a month away from Marlins meaningful baseball being back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Anyways, Romeo, what what do you got for us? Or Devin, whichever one of you guys wants to go first. Uh, I'm just going to sit here and agree with Daniel. Jordan Walker, that guy's a beast. Oh my! Um, who, who? He his first his hit against uh, Yuri. Um, man, the defense really showed. Like you guys said, uh, Segura double clutched. Um, and he he just I guess he wasn't expecting him to be as fast as he was, being how tall, because he he grounded 
he it was a grounder and he routined it like it was routine and then he looked up like if he was just gonna throw it over and and I guess he just seen this this dude just sprinting out the box he double clutched and threw it across the diamond it you know Segura was having problems at third that was another one he had to bobble the one before beforehand um yeah I think Cueto he had a bad first inning but uh that all comes I'm not saying it wasn't an error by Jazz since he said he duped it but um after that hit off the the one off Jazz where it landed and it blooped right in and bases were loaded so the game was overall it was today's game was overall like just not a slap to the face but you could just be like you could say it's like there's still things that a bunch of players can improve on um yeah and then just that's really what it what it was and then yesterday was i i really i really didn't watch yesterday i watched the first like couple innings and then nothing memorable joe rizzo had to get had himself a good game and then i turned the game off i was at flanagan's the way i started eating so yeah, I, I think the, the the two words that can really just summarize that game and just all of this so far is it's early, right? It, it is still pretty early. Got to work out these kinks. It's not encouraging signs so far, but it, it's still early. So, I mean, not, nothing to, to hit the red panic button about yet, but it, it's early. A lot of these guys are swinging a bat, fielding baseballs for the first time since early October. So, um, and at least in game action. So, I I'm, I wouldn't sweat it yet. I mean, and then the Jazz thing after. we I don't think we spoke about this, but he said he duped it. I think that's just in a way that they, another way to say he was not able to cover enough ground. and He just made it look like he was faking it. Honestly, I think that wasn't true what he said. No offense to Jazz. Uh, it's still very, very early, as Grant said, and I guess that's just the main point of this space is it's way too early, but I think... I think Jazz could have caught that. I, I think he could have caught it if he. I, don't, I think it was just trying to play it safe as well when you really look at it. But um, he was just saying that because he himself thought he wasn't going to get to it. He admitted it that he wasn't going to be able to make it. So he could have just left it like that, and or, or even used the excuse of the sun at least if he was going to use an excuse. But yeah, it was, it was a rough game. Yeah. And- Jazz, Jazz transition is going to come with reps. And that's why he ultimately dipped out of the World Baseball Classic because going to play with Great Britain, presumably playing second base or shortstop with Great Britain, wasn't going to help. So it's good that he's staying here. He's focusing on what really matters, and that's um, you know having a good season to back up um, all the fame he's getting with being on the MLB The Show cover, which is still crazy to think about that he's on the cover of that game. But um, – He's got a lot to prove this season, I feel like. And uh, we've all hyped him up on the offensive end. We know what he's capable of. But this transition's ginormous. The, the Marlins have continuously failed since they lost Starling Marte to get a center fielder. And Jazz has, has stepped up in, in his words. But is he going to perform? And, I mean, early returns just off one play say no. But, um, again, it's early. These reps matter a ton. So, um I think the main storyline from this camp, like the one thing to watch is Jazz's transition to center field for sure. Not even not even this this game. It's gonna be this whole spring training. So that and just how this defense itself looks, you know. And especially this week. This week of games is gonna be very, very 
important if most of these guys play their positions that we expect them to see playing in uh, on opening day. If we see kind of the same lineup tomorrow, which maybe we do, um, I think we that. might because Tuesday sounds like it's going to be a minor league game. I think. When's the first? Is that a split squad? Or? No, I'm going to disagree with that. I, my understanding is that Tuesday is once again going to be the regulars. At this stage of spring, you don't really see guys starting back to back days with very few exceptions. I would expect Tuesday again. That's against the, the Red Sox, who once again have almost all of the regular position players in there. Tomorrow should be pretty heavy on minor leaguers. That one against the Astros. It's basically that every other day situation. And then the players that you see, the only ones that are playing more than that are the ones that are fighting for very final roster spots or the ones that are new to the organization. So that's why you've seen um, only a small number of players involved in both games. But other than that, it's just alternating one day in, one day out, basically like that. Which is probably why we didn't see De La Cruz or Sanchez play today, by the way. Because I, I, I'm I'm almost certain we would have seen them today with this lineup if, if it did not if it didn't play yesterday. Right. Ah, good point. Um, Devin, you got a question? You got a hot take first. Last time I asked for a hot take, JJ Bleday got traded two minutes later, so we'll see what happens. That was hilarious. Uh, I went to the game today, guys. Um it was really cool uh watching the game and seeing how fast it was, the pace of play was like huge, um, super fast. Not what I was expecting. That was uh, the first time I've been to a game that had the pitch clock. And I saw, uh, what was his name? Angel. Angel Hernandez, he did miss like a couple violations. So it's interesting that they let a couple slide. So I wonder how that's going to work going forward. But it was a really cool game. Glad baseball's back. And uh, seeing Yuri, that was fun too. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with anything. You said that's interesting, though. And Hernandez kind of let some slide. Yeah, one thing I want to note on the umpires, you might be surprised by how many umpires actually go back and forth between the minors and majors during a season. Obviously, Angel Hernandez is not one of them at this stage of his career. He's already a full-time umpire. A lot of the other umps around the league that you see major league games, they have a lot of experience with the pitch clock from being in the minors during the season. And they go up and down, and they kind of split time between – the two different styles of play during the season with some veteran umpires with this being a prime example of it is when they're at home plate for certain games. I I think I would speculate that you might see fewer violations than normal because those umps are still getting familiar with the rules and um, it could go a couple different ways. Maybe they'll be overly strict because they're brand new for them, or it could be just like today where they lean, they go on the side of leniency because they're not entirely sure what's going on either that's just one other aspect to it is that umpires we already know that there is some difference in the way a game goes depending on who the home plate ump is and that's this is yet another element of that where some of them are going to be in a weird position because they haven't some have called minor league games a lot and others um, have not done so in recent years when all these new rules have been experimented with and put into effect I was going to say, wouldn't you, ex- wouldn't you expect the ones that are coming from the minors up to the majors to understand the rule, but you, you went up and cleared it up, so. Well, I mean, some of the guys do, obviously. I mean, when you look at it, I think Skip, one of the first days of Cam, he addressed the media and he mentioned that they rely on the minor league minor leaguers sometimes. Um, and obviously, so I mean, some of these major leaguers have no idea what the rules look like, and 
that may have been a big reason why we kind of saw no violations as well. Yesterday, we saw a lot of minor leaguers go out there. I mean, they ran a whole lot of minor leaguers when they made the, the, the substitutions, the replacements. You had Jacob Barry out there, Amaya, and all of these minor leaguers, and you basically didn't see any issues with the with the new rules. So, um, yeah, that, that's something I just quickly wanted to, to mention there. And, I'm, and you know, Alex Carver now mentioned joints, so you could definitely expand on that. You think Alex has something to say? I've never thought of him as a talkative person. No, he's a pretty shy guy, but I mean, well, if he, uh, maybe he has something to say. You know? Before we get into Alex and hearing about the next Andrew Nardi, um, I, I want to go really quick. Why was the presentation for Sandy Cy Young, I don't know if you guys talked about this, on uh, the spring training opener? It seems like something you want him to have. Opening day against the Mets, against the AL Cy Young, a big team expecting a Definitely a sellout there. And to do it in front of spring training, that seems so anticlimactic. I'll slip in quickly on this. I guess you could add anything if necessary. It's He was supposed to get this award a month ago. Every offseason, the Baseball Writers Association of America, the very same people that vote on the award winners, they hold this big dinner in New York towards the end of the offseason where they honor those award winners, where they fly them in to New York, in which case Sandy, you probably remember when he went there with his friends and family to accept the award and give a little speech. That happens at the end of January. And at that time, that's when you're supposed to get your actual award given to you, the customized official award. And because of what they're saying, supply chain issues, which has affected a lot of parts of the world due to COVID, due to the ongoing, indirectly due to the war in Ukraine and various factors, like other industries have been affected by this, and apparently it somehow trickled all the way into creating these original plaques. That this plaque was held up because of some um, delay in the supply chain, and that's why it was already supposed to be given to him before, and it was held back almost a full month because of reasons outside of baseball industry's control. So you're looking at it the other way. that, And I can kind of understand that. If there's going to be a big delay like this, then maybe just wait until the regular season begins. But from Sandy's perspective, for him, it was just way overdue when he thought he would already get it. So that's that's the um, those are the options they had. I'm sure him and the Marlins were already anxious to get it going. But I see your idea with it, too, that if they waited this long, maybe wait until an even larger audience of his fans could be there for that moment. They'll probably do another ceremony or something like that, you know, later on in the season. Where they just do we out. have promotions out for the season yet? Because you could potentially do something with that. I mean, you have the 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 Sandy's Beach. If you count that, I, mean, I want like my John Birdie presentation. I want him to receive stolen bases award. All right, I want that opening day now. <laughs> Devin's had his hands up. Say what he got. Yeah, I just wanted to say in regards to like the violation stuff, I don't want to you know harp on that too much. But as far as a fan attending the game, I, it was difficult to know what happened because um, the scoreboard was kind of delayed. So I wanted to see. I wonder if they're gonna you know do some kind of announcing or something uh, for the fans that actually attend the game. I didn't watch the broadcast. So I don't know if there was anything that they harped on or talked about. Well, something to mention is that the scoreboard. If you may have noticed. There's two scoreboards now, so they're making complete renovations to Roger Dean, and maybe they're just getting used to using the new scoreboards. 
when I was there the two days, um, they they were testing them out and all this stuff. So scoreboard wise, delay. Hopefully that'll change throughout the season. I mean, they have a whole minor league season to, to fix it up. So we'll give that time, and um, then we'll see what happens next spring training when there's a completely new facility in the background of Roger Dean. Um, go ahead. My bad. No, nah, let's oh, we, 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 we got Alex. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got. Well, let's introduce this man for the spaces. Oh man, oh, that's a big audio, or that's that's a big uh, that's, that's something big to look up, live up to. What's up, guys? Um, no, good to see you guys. Uh, today was was interesting. I was not there myself because I'm in the middle of my shift at work. But um, but yeah, no, um, I, I I like what I saw from a couple of different perspectives. Um, I will say Yuri Perez did not have his best stuff. Um, he was mostly fastball changeup, and yes, I know that. Uh, Savant had it originally painted as a sinker, but he does not throw a sinker. He throws a changeup. So that was incorrect. Um, they eventually fixed it. Uh, most of the way they fixed it, um, and fixed him to, to map to changeups, which is encouraging that they fixed it that, that soon. Uh, cause normally, um, normally they're not that quick at it, but here they were. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, no, it barely threw the curveball. I think only like three or four curveballs. He was mostly fastball changeup, which are his two best pitches. Um, but yeah, a big spot for that kid. Um, you know, he's 19 years old. Uh, I know we, we, we beat that term to death that he's 19 years old, but it's true. He's pitching against these mostly older starters uh, from the, the Cardinals uh, that he was facing. And I think he handled it pretty well. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of him as we go forward because there's a big future there, as you guys know. So uh, I think he did okay with it. I think, I think he did fine. Was kind of victimized by his defense a little bit, as we could say, with Jazz, which I heard you guys talking about, and then Arias with an error behind him, I think it was. So... Yeah, there's there's a couple of things there that that weren't his fault, and a couple of blue pits that were just bad luck. So it is what it is. There was, I think, one in front of Solaire where he was playing way off the fucking line, which I don't even know why he was playing that far off the line, but whatever. Um, it is what it is. So I think he did fine with uh, with the position that he was in, and I think he did okay, and I think he'll be even better than what you saw today going forward. So and he wasn't bad today. So I think that's definitely good for him. Um, Sean Reynolds, ridiculous. Um, I know he only, like the big, biggest name I think he faced was Trace Barrera. And yes, I know that he didn't face big time hitters, but I would be excited for that guy because he's been able to turn it around really quickly from being a hitter that's focused on hitting to specializing in pitching, um, which is not something that's easy to do for any major league baseball player. And he's going out there elevating 99 mile an hour fastballs, which is damn good. So I like Sean Reynolds. Uh, Simpson, I, I still like. I know you guys are probably going to liken him as Danny did to Andrew Nardi, which is fine. I still like Andrew Nardi, too. So I like both of those pitchers. Uh, Josh Simpson, I think, is fine. He has four pitches. I think he's going to be good. Uh, wasn't perfect today, as you guys saw, but I think he's going to be fine. So that's your minor leaguers. Um, you know, uh, what I can say for Kevin, he was just speaking on the renovations to um, to Roger Dean. I don't think they're expected to be completed until – um until 2025 actually so i think in 2024 you'll probably still be seeing like most of the construction phase still happening so yeah um that's what i'll say for that uh, i don't think it's expected to be finished uh for a, a long time so they have money in place though they got a grant not too long ago for it um they've marlins have finally committed money to it and they're finally doing it which is encouraging so uh but yeah i wouldn't expect it to be done for quite some time but that's what i have for now um I thought today was interesting. There's a lot of things to watch today, a lot of things to recap, which I'm sure you guys will on Fish Stripes. I um, may have some stuff as well. But, but yeah, uh, good stuff today. Um, it's one game, and we go forward. Why didn't your audio always sound like this? 
it sounds pretty good. You do not. You you just have to watch the last two streams to know what I'm talking about. It's my uh, internet connection, and I'm trying to fix it. So I'm on my phone right now. So that's why I haven't watched a stream in a minute. My Wednesdays are are always bad. Well, this is but technically a stream, as I told you, Grant. I'm simulcasting this. It, it is on YouTube now, so I, yeah. I finally made it back to a stream. How about that? All right, Mr. Daniel has, has texted us in our group chat, posed a little debate question, so I'll bring it here. I mean, it's appropriate because it just happened today, essentially. So, if the Cardinals called and said, Jordan Walker for Yuri Perez straight up, would you guys do it? In a heartbeat. Jesus. Mm, oof. Uh, it's a thinker. It's a thinker. Well, 100%. 100%. It matters where you're putting It matters where you're going to put him. Because if, you're gonna, because if you're going to put him at third, it then... Well, if you put him at third, that, that allows um, that allows Segura to go back in second, Arise can play first, and Cooper can just platoon. He, he, has, he has the arm to, to play third base. I, I was looking at it. I believe in the fall league, his arm uh, max was 99.5 miles per hour. So you could definitely put them there for third, and obviously when he gets older... You can put him in the corner outfield, which will also be great for him there. But I, I would say, at young age, um, he has really great speed. For a guy who's 6'5", 220, 230, stole 22 bases last season, posted almost a 900 OPS, which was his lowest in his minor league career. Um, he'll give you 15, 20 home runs. He's probably, one of, probably my favorite prospect in all of baseball, only 20 years old. This guy could be in the majors just as fast as Yuri, if not faster. He could probably even make the opening day roster if things maybe go his way. But that's a guy that will opening day comes. He'll spend a month probably in AAA. If he like, if he just hits lights out there, then you could see him easily May, June for the cards. But but then they'll probably put him maybe outfield, see what to do with Arenado, see if they want to move him or anything like that. But that that's in the future, but. Well, Jordan Walker, Yuri, I, I would take that. He would do so great here in Miami. We know how the Marlins do um, with progressing pitchers and hitters, but I think Jordan Walker is a guy who, who can't miss, who I don't think he will regress in the slightest, and I think it will do more good than not if you brought him to Miami. But that's a hypothetical. won't happen ever, but it would be nice to get him. It wouldn't happen. It's stat line today, two for four, three RBI, a run. Slugging percentage, 1,000. Yes. Yeah. If, you, if you look, he was, I believe, 19, 20 years old in the minors. Or not the minors. Uh, the minors, double A. And he posted a 306, an 898 OPS in 119 games. And that's also with 20 home runs, um, 22 stolen bases. The only thing that he strikes out probably a bit, but he can also, um, you know, his walk rate maybe a little bit, but... I think that can change. I think he has a really great approach. If you know, you got to take out you know him striking out a little bit, but you get that offensively fielding his arm power. It's definitely worth it. I agree. I 100 agree. That's the kind of trade that never happens when the players are rated as top prospects. It's the kind of trade that happens three years later when both of them fall somewhat short of their hype or they deal with injuries. Like the one we just saw two weeks ago. Exactly, exactly. Now, now Blade and Puck, they didn't quite reach those heights, but in that same vein where it's – I think it's, it would be kind of a little bit presumptuous to assume that both Walker 
and Yuri are both going to reach their ceilings and both be franchise cornerstones. That's what everybody wants. We want to see the most talented players live up to their potential. But, I mean, eventually, a few years from now, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing if one of them got traded um, for whatever reason, if they just their performance or their health didn't allow them to be the players that they were expected to be. Jacob Miller did a non-roster invite? No. No. We can talk about the other Miller. I've seen that. Um, Brian Miller? Yeah, Brian. i seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, which, by the way, I just tweeted this, and nobody's talking about it, and nobody wants to hear it. But I'll stand on my Brian Miller soapbox for a second because it was brought up. Exit velos of 103 and 101 today. So go Brian Miller. He could be usable on a major league team. I'll stick to that forever. I agree. It's funny you bring up. How do you bring up? Marlins done today so far in spring training. Any updates on former Marlins? Good Lake, question. Crazy. Well, oh, Lewin. Yeah. Lewin Diaz. Yeah. yeah. He had a homer and an RBI. Had a hit today. Got the win in the Mets game. Miggy had a hit, but he got injured. Oh. Minor injury. They think it's just a day to day situation. It's a cram. Yeah. He should be all right, but no fingers crossed for him. That, Speaking uh, of injuries, didn't Jeff Brigham throw yesterday against the Marlins? I think. Yeah. He got the win. Yeah. Yeah. Former, a couple former Marlins. We had Brigham and Yacobonis pitch. That guy. That guy was so injured. Like he was supposed to be good, but he was injured. Like I would think, like ninety percent of his tenure on the Marlins, he was injured. Yeah. Andrew Bellot. Out a great game also today. Do we have any JJ Bleday updates? Uh, I don't think the A's have played yet. I don't. Yeah, let me see. They're totally playing, playing right now. They're, they're beating yes. the Milwaukee Brewers eleven to one as a strikeout and one run. Look at this. Jesus Aguilar um, had a uh, an RBI today. That's oh, yeah. right. They're teammates, Aggie and Bleday with the A's. Strikeout. Not bad. And Brian Anderson had a single. Oh, Who's also playing the same game? Going to be teammates in Las Vegas. Uh, what about Jorge uh, Alfaro? Who did he walk off this time? Oh, yeah. uh, this is unbelievable. In that same game you guys were talking about, um, Monte, Monte Harrison, remember he's back with the Brewers. Oh, yeah. So he started in left field for them, and he went one for two in that game as well. Yeah, uh, Sierra got, a, I think, a RBI single yesterday or something like that again for the – Braves and that six six tie. Mm, no. Braves are going to turn him into a everyday starter. Not ideal. Yeah. But I got a mega. Yeah, Noah, Noah will be very happy to hear that one. Only OG Noah fans will know what I'm talking about. Was that his player before Brian De La Cruz? Mm-hmm. He was on the Magnier Sierra hype train, and it was really bad. Hashtag fade Noah. Really nice game. Man. Has has Pablo pitched at all in spring training or in any of these two games or not? I don't believe so. But we would have heard about it. Yeah, let me just Probably. check right now to be sure. I know he didn't pitch today. He did not pitch today. Let's look ahead to tomorrow against... Yeah, he's pitching tomorrow against the Red Sox. No Richard Blair action today. Speaking about uh, uh, Pablo, 
Oh, you spoke about him, Kevin. Here he is for you. Noah. Mr. Noah. I, I, I don't I don't know if you guys sorry to interrupt. Oh, well, was, I don't know if you guys already talked about it, but how how bad was Johnny Cueto today? Because I think he was I think he was pretty bad. And yes, I know it's his first spring training start. It's pretty bad. I mean that that, that fish to Jordan Walker was horrendous. Like a sinker that doesn't sink up and in to a pull hitter, you don't throw So that I, I so I will so, say about the Jordan bad. about the Jordan Walker hit, uh, the ball to Jordan Walker. Um Cueto realized he was running out of time on the pitch clock and tried to throw a quick pitch, and that's what happened. He's like, yeah, I shouldn't have thrown that. So, yeah. so that's that's a new added aspect. You just take the automatic strike or automatic ball in that case. Yeah, rather than giving up one with a three-run homer. Wasn't it a three-run uh, homer? Like, yeah. So, like, the best prospect in baseball. I think it was down and down, wasn't it? Or was that the first? I mean, you wouldn't know because in the video, the, the damn umpire standing right in front of Jacob Stallings. So, whoa. Like, uh, no, I'll show you. I'll send you a video. No, well, that that one hit aside, his whole his whole start today, I think, struggled with his control. Um, pitch selection was whatever. Um, did not look good at all. But this is an older guy, and this is not a first spring training for him, so you can't make that excuse. Yeah, there's new rules, but and I guess this is the time to get your woes out of the way, which that's encouraging, but. I, I, I did not see much good from Johnny Cueto today, in my opinion. So his second season, I think it was a one, two, three, or, or just I think it was a single, and he got it out of the inning. But I've been I said this when they signed him, I didn't like it. I live on it, but um, why? I just I'd never seen the upside in signing. I understand that you need that you would rather have him there, but I why with the new rule change, like you guys said, I I don't think I didn't think he was going to be as good as. As people were hyping him up to be, and I, I hope it, I hope I'm wrong. And I, I said, as I always say, this I hope I am wrong. But I didn't I didn't think it was the best signing that they could have made, especially with the amount of pitching prospects that they can have. I know. So 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 you're saying oh, Yuri, oh, yeah. Yuri and Dax Ram will be ready? No. Okay. But, so well, okay, gonna, if, they, if they don't make that signing and they still trade Pablo Lopez, who's your fifth pitcher this year? Who, who are you trotting out there on opening day? The, no, the, the signing is fine. The signing is fine. I'm not okay. arguing against the signing. The signing is fine. I'm just saying, like, out of the gate, and this is one spring training start, two innings, yes, you guys are 100% right, and hopefully he improves, but there wasn't, wasn't like, any really one moment that you could take away and say, okay, Cueto is actually good today because he, he struggled. He really did. So hopefully he fixes it as he goes. That would be the hope. And he's going to get – obviously he's going to pitch here. He's going to be at the back of this rotation. So I hope he figures it out. We'll see what happens. According to the broadcast, Yuri is death piece with the Marlins views early That on. was so bad. Like I don't know who that <laughs> Cardinals broadcaster is, but that was They were good. I like the Cardinals broadcast. No, you that, can tell that the first they, inning he's like, Yuri. Oh, they have Yuri Perez's depth. Like are you fucking kidding me? No. Was that the was that the new guy they got, the old Braves broadcaster who suggested that? Chip. Yeah, that guy sucks. Yeah, yeah Braves fans should <laughs> be lucky he's out. I think Brandon Godden's gonna be pretty good for them. For those of you who don't know, who I mean, that's the Madden broadcaster. I don't know. They might have been better with Adam Akbani, in my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear about expertise? Well, I've got a broadcast for you. <laughs> oh, Funny boy. joke. Funny joke. Do we have hey, something that I noticed? Any more questions for, for the group? Let's think about maybe wrapping this one up here. 
Yeah, just one thing that I noticed watching the game. Um, on the balls that were hit to left um, in the beginning, Jazz, Jazz didn't help uh, Soler. He didn't you know, try to go over. I thought that was kind of funny, um, especially somebody who's new to the position. You would think he would try to help out his teammate there. Um, and uh, the ball that got hit to second for a rise, that ball was smoked. So I don't think uh, I'm too concerned about that one. I'll give him a, a mulligan on that one. I agree. I agree. The Jazz one was, was not good, but then again, Jazz needs some time. He's going to need this month and more to get ready, I feel like, the play center. I'm just glad nobody mentioned Troy Johnston last night, but we're not going to mention it. We're going to move on. Four <laughs> players, four they players did. on the Miami Marlins have multiple strikeouts so far in a game this, this um, spring training. One of them is Troy Johnston. One of them is Brian De La Cruz. That's for Mr. No. I'm just going to offend everyone in here. Uh, another one's Abisayo Garcia. And then your last I thought we were friends. Was, I, that one, that um, Jake, Jake, Jake. I don't think that, that, that one offends Noah. Oh. I did that one on purpose. I thought, I thought we were friends. I, I had to get everyone. I got everyone. No, that wasn't nice. That wasn't called for. We'll see him tomorrow. Yeah. Um, well, Noah, you were there, Noah. What did you think of the game? Lackadaisical play in the outfield. Absolutely lackadaisical. It's the second game of spring training, so I guess it's excused, but oh my God, was that frustrating. Very frustrating. But it was cool to see Yuri pitch. Um, Will Stewart came out through a 1 2 3 inning, and afterwards he's like, hey, I threw strikes. I'm proud of myself. Um, kind of surprised that the whole pitch clock thing with Angel Hernandez, even like most of the players were like, uh, um, but it was interesting. And yeah, that game flew by. I gotta say that pitch clock is awesome. It flew by. No, I mean, both, both games, both games, two hours and 30 minutes or less so far for Miami. And as Eli has pointed out, yeah, you know, with pitch changes and stuff like that, 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 that are coming shortly uh before the end of innings as we see in spring training it'll probably go up a little bit but man i, I wouldn't expect that much um maybe two was, hours and 40 two, minutes after the game two, time 235 so. yesterday 226 today yeah so oh by the way if you guys would like to know why i'm if you guys would like to know why i'm still driving um i left half of my clothes at home so now i have to drive back to miami back to miami to get my stuff in the truck yeah. Oh, one thing, if I just want to sum up the, the my pitch clock ideas and why I think games will be significantly longer once the real games begin, um, the one big difference is instant replay and in that you have almost one on average every game, sometimes more than one replay reviews. So that will still take some time during the middle of the games. Obviously, you're not going to see any challenges during these meaningless exhibition games. My other point was that when these pitches matter, when the, the – decisions that you make as a pitcher are extremely important and you're not just getting in your work. I think you'll see much more often that pitchers use right. up as much of the yep. pitch clock as they can to, right. to make those decisions also to physically recover and to pace themselves um, as, as best they can to like, to make sure that they're not wearing themselves out, that they use as much work recovery time as possible. You, so at this point, um, yeah, I'm going to stick with my prediction. My prediction was that during the real games, the average time of game would be about 242, which would still be a very big 
difference from last year when it was over three hours. Right. But I think this is setting some slightly unrealistic expectations of what we're seeing now just because the style of play is a lot different. It's in such a way that I I think even the players themselves, especially veteran players, you talk to veteran players who already have their places on the team assured, you know, they, they want to get through their work as fast as possible as well. So they're kind of, they want to get this stuff done as quickly as possible. That obviously changes a lot when the games count for everything. And I think somebody else said it too, like extra innings, like that Braves was it that Braves game where yesterday that ended the way that it did, which was, I have mixed feelings about it, but extra innings, like there's going to be extra innings in the regular season. So the average, the average time will, should go up. My question, and maybe Eli, you know the answer to this question. Is any of this shit going to be like challengeable? Like the fact that the guy didn't get into the box before the eight second mark and all, is any of that actually like challengeable by a manager or not? I, I would guess not. I highly I doubt it. Yeah. I, I would guess no, but I don't know if anybody knows a definitive answer to that question. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fairly sure that that stuff is, is not. I could inquire tomorrow, but I'm fairly certain. Yeah. Ask your buddy Raul Ibanez. He would have the answer to that. All right. Yeah. I'll text Raul. Yeah, he was the one that gave us the. For people that don't aren't aware, the former big leaguer Raul Ibanez is now is part of the major league um, league office, and so he is one of the guys responsible for making sure everybody understands the rule changes and the ramifications of it. I I don't think that's challengeable, and so when you're talking about the pitch clock, you're talking about whether, except I, the one thing that might be challengeable is whether somebody is violating the shift ban, and if they're like lined up. Um, on the wrong side of the diamonds when the pitch is thrown. I think that's the one thing that maybe it's been suggested before could actually be confirmed or verified with replay. But I'm sure we're going to have a definitive answer on that before the real games begin. Well, Noah asks, like today or tomorrow, we'll, we'll have the answer. This strikes well. The question is, will we share it? Hmm. I don't know. I think Andy Slater's going to get the Slater scoop first. <laughs> All right. Any, any final closing thoughts from, from anyone uh, along the panel here? I think we'll wrap, wrap this one up. I think that is it. A whole lot of games coming up as I just double check the schedule. Got new hey, stuff. once you go to sleep tonight, it will be eight days until Cuba versus the Netherlands in the World Baseball Classic. That's it's right. coming. And then so and at it's six in the morning, Panama are gonna play tight China Taipei. We have so. Nine more consecutive days of Marlins games between now and March seventh. And it's good to see them playing like a wider variety of opponents this spring compared to the last couple when they kept it really local. They they see the Red Sox coming up. They see the Tampa Bay Rays for the first time in a while coming up. So I think that's important too, is a spring where you get to face a wider variety of players um, and um, in such a way that you just get a better feel about how good you actually are and whether um, th- there were instances the last couple of springs where there was too much monotony and you really didn't understand much about players. But uh, I-, I think this is better. I think this is it's, it's a really complicated spring because you face the wide variety of players, but as we touched on, the World Baseball Classic is fast approaching, so then a lot of the top talent is going to go away for a while. Most important thing always is just keep everybody healthy. As it was being described, today's lineup, the upcoming lineup, I think on Tuesday, is basically an opening day preview of everybody that's projected to be in the opening day lineup. And the only thing that could get in the way of that is 
a fluky injury. So that continues to be the most important thing when you go through spring. You just hope as, as large a percentage of your key players as possible get through it completely healthy. That was the, that was one of the biggest factors that turned last year into a disappointment is had so many key players miss time due to injuries. And um, the, one of the biggest factors into whether they're going to reach their goals this year is somehow reversing their luck on that side. Agreed. Agreed. Anyone else? I know this is a, a what's it called, baseball pod, but um, or, or space. If anybody watches boxing, I know it's fake, but Tommy just beat Jake. Jake for people no that are doing it. I know, I know, but I'm just oh, saying. Is it's surprising, actually. Yeah, yeah he beat, from, he beat little, him. Surprise. Beat him by Luckily, I didn't bet on it. Man, it was such a boring fight. It went to decision. It was nobody did anything. Tommy got knocked down in the eighth round. But um, back, let's go, we're going to speak WBC. My hat came in. My, my Panama hat came in. So we have something to, to, to be happy about over here on the Max Meyer best friend Instagram post chain, you know? Um, I think I can end this with the thing. Uh, nothing else to say. All right, well, thank you guys for coming out. Uh, we'll do another one of these two weeks. Thinking maybe we'll, we'll do this weekly once the actual season starts or something gets more exciting here. But thank you all for joining, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Make sure to watch our stream on Wednesday and listen to any podcast to come out this week and uh, read the website. So thank you very much. Y'all have a good one. All right, so I hope that worked decently. I'm going to plug this in so that our podcast audience can listen as well. Um, so with that, we'll have a regular stream up here on Wednesday at 7 p.m. as we usually do here on Fist Stripes Live. Going back to the usual panel format for those Wednesday ones for the foreseeable future. Presented by La Pop. Be sure to support our sponsors if you live, especially in the Doral area, providing chiropractic and natural health for you guys to feel the best you can to work out all the kinks you're feeling head neck back pain lapoppers right there for you so go to their website for more information lapop.com l-a-p-o-p.com so i'll wrap it up here uh, thanks for, for supporting us this has been eli sussman of fish stripes go fish <laughs>